0: The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit championschurch.com. I want to get into the uh, the word this morning. I'm excited to get into the word. As we do so, I want to have some expectations stirred. So there are times where we give a few things to look forward to, and I want to do just that. But I can tell you uh, during the praise and worship, there were a number of things that stirred and shifted and changed and and were inspired in my heart to share. And sometimes uh, you can uh, make so many changes that you take a look at what you've written down here and you think, uh, I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that down. So we're going to see how coherent this is, and I'm trusting and believing that God's going to do something great for each one of us this morning. Uh, one is we're going to find out how to handle everything perfectly. I mean, that's a big word, perfect, and, and obviously I'm using that for the, the shock value of it, but it's also a word that's used in the Scripture. So how to handle everything perfectly. Now, we all get uh, handed different situations and scenarios and circumstances and all kinds of things, and we're, we're basically asked to respond to them to handle them. Uh, Things come our way. Some of those things are understood and foreseen. Some of them are scheduled and routine. Other things are a bit of a shock. They come out of nowhere and all of a sudden, you know, bang, there it is, and and you're dealing with it. There is one element that's in the scripture that communicates or promises to us that if that element is applied, we'll handle everything perfectly. And I think it's worth taking a look at for the purpose of seeing that element uh, be a part of our life intentionally. Uh, a second thing we're going to find is what's needed in order to be productive. Now, The Bible uses the word fruitful. Fruitful and productive can be interchanged. Uh, you're not all farmers. Uh, you don't have uh, uh, you know crops growing in the field necessarily. But that word fruitful isn't limited to an agricultural uh, uh, aspect. It just means productive. That the things that you put your hand to in your life... Uh, produce and, and produce things that are uh, uh, good and that they are things that are useful. Uh, a third thing that we're going to find is uh, what God has to say about any situation, good or bad, difficult or, or easy, uh, any situation that you may deal with or walk through, what God has to say about it. Uh, so I want to get into the, the word here now. We're going to look for these things in the scripture. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the the book of James. I want to look at James uh, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And when you get to James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, it'll read like this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials, knowing that it's the trying of your faith that works patience. And let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, that you may be complete, and that you may be lacking nothing. Now, I mentioned to you before that we were going to find out, you know, how to handle everything perfectly, and I think we're going to find that element here in this passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture starts off with talking about dealing with things that are less than ideal. I mean, these are are trials. Now, when I think of the word trial, I think of, of, you know, uh, legal issues and things like that. And that's not just because of dealing with legal issues in the past or anything uh, uh, like that, but it just has to do with my vocabulary personally. You can substitute the word uh, issue or challenge or problem for the word trial and and be perfectly okay. Now, if I use the word problem, we would all be able to relate to that. You deal with problems, things come up that you have to bring a solution to. And I think that's a pretty easy word to put in here. So if you put that word in here, here's what you're going to get. Uh, Count it joy when you deal with problems, Uh, knowing that dealing with problems works patience. And let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect, that you may be complete, and that you may be lacking nothing. When I take this passage of Scripture and start to look at it, I I can see something that stands out here that seems to be really important and really necessary uh, for the life of any believer. And, and obviously, there's a desire for us to be successful in the things that we do. There's a desire for us uh, to be described as this passage ends, that word perfect, that word complete, and then the idea or the concept of not lacking anything. I, I want to sign up for that. That's, that's how I would like for my life to be described. Now, when we look at this, this wonderful reward, this lacking nothing, this completion and this perfection, we see this is the result of something at work in our lives. It's the result of patience at work in our lives. Now, we've talked about patience in the past before, but I want to approach it from a little bit of a different angle this morning as we talk about it. And and as we look at this, I want to see that this is something that is embraced and understood as God's intentional work. Not just something that we deal with as a side effect of living here on the earth, but rather we see the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we are handling things that come our way. Patience being introduced into our life as we deal with problems is what is the open door or the catalyst for that perfection, that completion, and that lacking of, of nothing here. Now, when it comes down to to patience, I, I want to look at something here in the, the the dictionary just so that we understand what it is. Uh, when it comes to to patience, it's very easy for us to have our own personal uh, understanding of what it means. I mean. For many of us, we deal with patients day in and day out, whether we want to or not. And I can tell you, over the past couple of years, uh, there's been more opportunity than ever to deal with uh, issues that require patience. But if you go to the dictionary and just look up the word patience, you're, you're going to find what I call the you know the dictionary game. It's an issue where the dictionary doesn't really help you, right? So you look up patience, and you find that it means you know the capacity or the habit of being patient. So now you got to look up the word patient in order to find out what it is that you have the habit of doing or being. So patient, able to accept or endure delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed, angry, or anxious. So when I consider this definition, I have to ask myself, do I ever find myself annoyed, do I ever find myself angry? Do I ever find myself anxious? Now I'm batting a thousand on this. I've checked off every single one of those boxes and, and that's a, a problem for me, that's a real challenge. I can see that annoyance, I can see anger, I can see that uh, uh, this anxiety, these are all things that are revealing something that, that patience is meant to, Uh, be the remedy for, the the redemption for. And I want to examine what patience is, where it comes from, how it works, for the purpose of opening up the door to be free from opportunities where there are anxieties or angers or annoyances that prevail. I think it's important to note, first of all, that patience has a a source. uh, It's it's good to know that so that we know that patience is something that is uh, uh, pursued in a certain place or location. Not not something that is just stumbled upon or discovered at random, but rather there is a source for patience. I'll give you a couple of scriptures here to note. 1 Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23. This is a list of what we refer to as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you are in need of patience, obviously a source is going to be that which produces or has as a fruit uh, patience, and that is the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. It goes on to include kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In the areas of my life where I'm wanting to see patience magnified, multiplied, or increased, those are areas in my life that need to be surrendered to the present activity of the Holy Ghost. I want to give you a passage of Scripture here from Romans, Romans chapter 15, verse 5. It's identifying God's identity as being patient. I'll read the passage to you. Now, the God of patience, may the God of patience grant that you be like-minded toward one another according to Jesus Christ. I think that's interesting that, that God is identified as the God of patience. I mean, of being a possessive word, meaning that all patience is going to belong to him. That would make perfect sense that the Holy Spirit then would be the source or the producer of patience in and through our lives. I mean, as it begins to to be revealed through the scripture, you can ask yourself uh, simple questions such as, when I feel impatient, when I feel anxiety, when I feel anger, when I feel annoyance, am I feeling the Holy Spirit at work? Now, for me personally, the answer to that would be no. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not present. It just simply means that what is being uh, uh, embraced and what is being allowed to steer the ship, so to speak, would be things other than the Holy Ghost. It would be maybe my own desires, maybe uh, past frustrations, hurts, or wounds. Uh, I had a a conversation with a gentleman just this week that included... Uh, bill as an elder in the church in it because I was deeply concerned with what I was dealing with and and facing Uh, you you do a little cleaning house and a little evaluation and sometimes you don't like what's on the shelf so to speak and there were a few thoughts that I thought you know I could write that off as something that's really no big deal but my concern is if I don't deal with that now while it's small it's going to grow and get bigger and become a real problem was an individual who had done things that were were wrong and they had done those things toward me. Those things would include things like lying and cheating and, and stealing. And <clears throat> those things had never really been handled or addressed in any appropriate way. Now the burden on me as the believer is to walk in forgiveness. And and that's very easy to to preach and very easy to to declare, but it can be a real challenge to actually execute. And what I realized, what concerned me was when I got around this person, I got really angry. I like this person. But when I got around this person, I I was angry. When this person even spoke and I heard their voice, I got annoyed. Uh, When this person was then uh, sent out to accomplish a task that, that was uh, related to something that, that I was involved in, I became anxious. Would, would they lie to g- again? Would they cheat again? Would they steal again? Everything that's on this list that patients ministers to, I was suffering. Anger, check. Anxiety, check. Annoyance, check. This is a problem for me. And you could even add a few things to the list, because I mean, like, what does anger turn into if it's allowed uh, to, to remain? Well, it can turn into all kinds of stuff. It can turn into violence. It can turn into to really ugly, negative things. And so as I began to realize that, that this was a, a problem here and there was a, a need for, for ministry in this situation, I, I decided I would, would, you know, do what, what every believer ought to do and, and don't go it alone. Called up Bill, said I need to talk, had a conversation with him, you know, wasn't alone in it. Went and met with the individual and addressed that with the individual. And, you know, you can address something right and you can address something wrong, right? So, like, here's a, 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 a good way to address that. Hey, I want to share something with you. <clears throat> the issues that are in our past are, are having an impact on me in our present. And, and I need to work this out. And it may require your cooperation, but I need to find a place where I can forgive you for the things that have been done, right? That's a pretty classy way to do that. Uh, a bad way to do it is, hey, every time you talk, I want to punch you in the face, right? That's not a good way to do it. So handling it is, is relative, you know. You want to not just handle it, you want to handle it right. And, and that's going to require patience. I mean, when you think about what patience is, when I read this definition, you know, of patience, that, the, you know, the ability to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering, you know, without becoming annoyed or angry or anxious, I, I read that definition, and it almost sounds like the attribute of a superhero, the ability to endure, right? But as I'm sitting here and thinking about what is that ability, what is that ability? Is it just having thicker skin, is it being able to put up with more nonsense? What is that ability? I think the dictionary leaves us wanting here. I think it's, it's kind of a trick. You feel like you've received the definition, and you maybe have a dis- received a description of the effects of patience, but you've not really received the, the definition of what it is. That's really what it does, but not what it is. And the reason why I think the dictionary has a hard time defining what patience is, is because patience really isn't a what, but a who. I mean, it, it, it is the presence of God in and active through your life and released. And when I consider what God calls me to often, it's a very uncomfortable situation. Uh, to, to stand in faith, to stand firm, to be steadfast, all of these things that, that require that I be rooted, that I be grounded, that I not be swept away and all of these things require the passing of time. And that's a real challenge for a lot of people. Sometimes it's very difficult for us to wait, to just simply wait. Have you ever received like a, a phone call or, or, or this is even a, a, a more of a, a one that would be evident, a text and, and maybe you just immediately started firing off a response And then about halfway through, you think, you know what? I shouldn't send that. (laughs) Delete. And then for some of you, it's delete, 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 delete. You get some of those really long texts going, and that can get pretty dramatic really fast. But there's a need to let time pass, not just for the sake of, of time passing, but for what can take place during that passing of time. You know, the world acknowledges this. You'll, you'll hear all kinds of, of psychiatry and things like that and in advice where people will just say, oh, well, when you start to feel that anger rise or that anxiety, just stop and take a breath and count to ten. Well, you know what? That's actually pretty good advice, but, but if you're just ticked off ten seconds later, it, it really doesn't help anything. The question is, what's going to happen in that ten seconds? Not that 10 seconds is some magic number, but the passing of time is not the solution itself. Rather, the solution does take time. So what do we do when we open up the door for time to pass? For the believer, it would be seeking the counsel of the Lord. I mean, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? I can tell you right now the things that I want to do don't match up with the things I know you want me to do. So please, let there be assistance in this situation. Let there be assistance help. I mean, we know he's the source of patience, the God of patience, and based on the scripture that we read in Romans, he's going to grant us or give us something really spectacular. Now, when we read this, we maybe just read right through it, but listen to this. As God is identified as the God of patience, listen to what follows. Now, may the God of patience grant you, that's just a word for give, give you that which you need to be like-minded toward one another. I mean, that's a pretty big deal for us to be in a state of agreement. Now, to be like-minded with one another doesn't mean that we always have to agree with each other, but it's definitely a protection against division. In a situation where someone has hurt or wounded or wronged another individual, it doesn't mean that there has to be an agreement that that's an okay thing to do, but whether we can be like-minded. I can begin to understand the situation or the circumstance from every angle, and I can behave in such a way as to bring solution rather than compound the problem. Uh, patience has a, a wonderful benefit to it. There's a number of things in the scripture that patience will, will open up the door for. And remember, patience isn't just, you know, the passing of time, but rather giving time for the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide, giving time for the direction of Jesus to enter in. He is our good shepherd and he is leading us and guiding us. Giving time to be protected from what would be so easy to fall into, which would be anger. And according to the scripture, anger will never accomplish what God wants. If you want a scripture reference for that, it's James 1.20. It'll tell you that the anger of man will never accomplish the righteousness of God. So in every scenario where there's provocation, every scenario where there's that presence of annoyance, which will turn into anger, that presence of anger, which can escalate into aggression, that that presence of anxiety, we can open up the door for the annoyance and the anger and all of those things. Ultimately, the presence of those things is to derail God's will, God's will for a relationship, God's will for a circumstance, God's will for a situation, you name it. The presence of those things is there to derail what God wants to do. Enter in patience. Patience to open up the door for time, not just to pass, but time for God to speak, to lead, to guide, to direct, so that his will can be accomplished in that relationship, so that his will can be accomplished in that situation, so that his will can be accomplished in that circumstance. I want to give you a few passages of Scripture here that identify the, the wonders of the introduction of, of patience. I mean, things that result from patience being introduced. And I think these things are, are very uh, helpful to, uh, to have as inspiration in the pursuit of patience. Uh, one would be de- defeating temptation and sin. I want to give you a passage of Scripture here. Jesus uh, lived out his life as he was living on the earth as an example, as the apostle, uh, under this uh, uh, principle, under this uh, uh, guideline for living, in Luke chapter 21, 19, he makes these words uh, present to us. In your patience, you will keep or possess your souls. I mean, your patience, your willingness to allow God to lead, allow God to direct, allow God to instruct, rather than be led by your own impulse, by your own instinct, so to speak, by your own appetites. And when you see Jesus faced with temptation in Matthew chapter 4 or Luke chapter 4, you can see what those temptations are. In every temptation that Satan is bringing, he's offering immediate gratification, immediate satisfaction. And it's only Jesus in his patience that would open the door for the overcoming of that temptation. Were the needs real? Yes. Were the appetites present? Sure. But giving time for counsel to prevail rather than respond to the urgency of the appetite opens up the door for a patient response that leads to victory and overcoming. I put this down here in the notes and it would be very easy for this to become a message in and of itself, but I want to offer this to you because as I think it's very helpful and, and We've discussed it some in the past, and I hope that we discuss it more in the future. But how Satan operates and how God operates, Satan is always operating in the immediate. In the immediate. When you see Satan tempting Jesus, or when you consider temptations that maybe you've faced, always immediate gratification. Do this and you'll be happy. Don't worry, there won't be any consequences. No one's watching. Just do this and you'll be happy. Do this, your needs will be met. Immediate, immediate, immediate. The fact that there is a desire to have needs met immediately opens up the the door for the need for patience. The idea that we could stop and wait and pause. Pause. I know some people that are are very successful in different aspects of life, specifically business, and and you'll stop and you'll ask them things. I'm kind of annoying like this, but hey, if you could give me, you know, one tip that that you would attribute your success to, what would it be, you know? Some guys will say some things, some will say others, but I remember hearing one that I thought was really amazing, and he he said, uh, uh, I'll never do anything in a hurry. And I thought, well, man, I hurry all the time, you know. That's, that's what I would say makes my business successful is we got the hustle, you know, and we're moving, and we're moving, and we're moving. That's not really what he meant. He wasn't talking about diligence and, and, and fulfilling and timelines and things. What he meant was if he's ever pressed, do this now or it's not going to happen, he'll say adios. He's not going to be uh, held hostage by the clock. But rather, he will always leave the door open for patience to prevail. Leave the door open for counsel to be entered in, counsel of the Lord. Leave the door open for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But if he's ever denied that opportunity, he'll walk away. Now, I'm not telling you that that principle is is doctrine. I'm just saying it definitely worked for him, and I think it's pretty interesting to ponder. And I begin to look at my life and how often decisions are made in impulse. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made financially? Impulse. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made relationally? Impulse. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made as it concerns sin and righteousness? Impulse. It's pretty interesting to see that if we can combat impulse with patience, we can begin to see a different result in our choices and our decisions, the things that we do, the things that we feel and think, and the results that follow. So you can see defeating temptation, defeating sin, all of these things, the result of of patience. It helps us to possess ourselves, to carry our lives in the way in which God has called us to. Here's another one, being fruitful or productive. I told you before we'd find what's needed to be productive. You'll find it here in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus is identifying a number of different lifestyles. and As he's identifying these lifestyles, he uses the example of, of agriculture and soil. Some of the soil is hard and therefore it doesn't produce. And some of the soil has rocks and therefore it has uh, challenges producing. Some of the soil has weeds and thorns and and it struggles to produce. But then there's the good soil. And and this is is what we aspire to be as believers, you know, to have our hearts opened up to the word of God by our new birth and being born again and to have all of the, the wounds and issues of life healed by the presence of the Holy Spirit And to be free from idolatry and the distractions that would distract us from the things of God and choke out the word of God from our lives. We desire to be the good soil. But being the good soil in and of itself is not what's going to make you fruitful. Rather, when Jesus talks about the good soil, he says these words. But on the good soil, seed was sown. These are those that with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. And they bring forward fruit through patience. Through patience. I want my life to be a a life that is productive in the things of the kingdom of God. I want the word of God to have an impact on my life. I I want to bear fruit. I've been called and anointed and and saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost all so that I might be fruitful. And I can open up my heart to to the word by surrendering to Jesus. I can... I can be healed from past hurts and wounds that would limit uh, the, the fulfillment of, of the word in and through my life. I can be free from idolatry and all of these things. But if I can't be patient, it's going to have an impact on my ability to be fruitful. To allow the word to do its work in the time it requires to do it. And you'll see that this patience then continues to to be productive and bear witness in the same way as we see people who have been fruitful and productive in the scripture. I can tell you, you know, in my life, especially when I was younger, before I was married, I tried to keep examples set before my eyes of people that I wanted to be like. Now, this made me completely and totally culturally irrelevant, but most of my friends were people who were, were 30 years my senior. And, and as I would go to have dinner at their homes or something, when others were going out and, and doing activities with people their own age, I wanted to be around people who were successful in marriage, successful in family. Success. I wanted to be around people who were successful in their faith, also that I could witness the way that they lived, and have it be an example for my life. Now, this is just a good tip for living, but this is also why we have a lot of the Scripture. I mean, much of the Scripture is set before us to be an example. We use words like apostle. We recently had Apostle Frank Aikens in, and and it's easy for us to see apostle as a a church office, you know, one who has planted churches and things, and that's not a bad title that's not a bad definition of that title but Jesus is referred to as the apostle now the word apostle is a word that that is it comes from uh, the Greek and it was a, a ship a naval ship is what it was the apostolos and the apostolos was a former warship it was taken uh, and retired from its use in war and, and it was used to to spread uh, uh, the Greek culture uh, they filled it with doctors and 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 philosophers and teachers and sent it into to barbarian lands to spread the culture and really and truly when you see Jesus and he's listed as the apostle you see that he's bringing the culture of heaven here to our barbaric land that he would say I you see things this way but I tell you the kingdom of heaven sees it this way you say, don't murder, and, and, and we say, if you've slandered, you've murdered. You know, you say, don't commit adultery, and we say, if you've even looked, you've committed adultery. He's bringing the culture of the kingdom of heaven into this land for the purpose of seeing that culture invade our lives as we look on him as the apostle. Now, we'll see in the scripture that the, the word is filled with all kinds of history, people who have have lived their lives and received God's promises, it's not just there for good reading. Rather, it's there as an example. And, and you'll see this example including something really powerful uh, here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It's an instruction for us as believers. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. It goes on to speak about examples from the scripture, you know, men and women that are recorded in the scripture, their lives, the history of their lives, the wonderful and powerful things that God did and accomplished in and through their lives for the kingdom of God. And you can see here that those promises that were inherited were inherited through two things, faith. I've heard tons of messages on faith in my life, to believe and to trust, but then also patience, patience. And if I devote my life to being a faith-filled man, but I'm an impatient man, should I expect to inherit a thing? As we live out our lives, as we, we commit our lives to, to faith and to trusting in God and believing in God, according to this passage of Scripture, it is an equal part that we live out our lives in devotion to being patient, willing to, to let God move and work in and through us in His timeline, according to his will. I want to read this passage of Scripture to you, and it's rather lengthy, mainly because there are parts of it that are exciting to me, and I hope it translates. But in order for patience to work in your life, it has to be worked. And you'll see that in the Scripture here. The wording is present there. But from Romans chapter 5, I want to begin reading in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice and hope in the glory of God. Now verse 3, and not only this, but we also celebrate in our problems, knowing that problems work, patience, that word work there means to work fully or to accomplish And patience then brings experience. That word actually means proven character. And then experience produces hope. And hope frees from shame because the love of God has been released in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which God has given us. I mean, that passage of Scripture there is one that I think is important to take a note of of what being patient opens the door for. Have you... Notice that our culture doesn't seem to be very patient. I mean, it just doesn't. It, 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 it seems to have, have gotten worse and worse as far as patience is concerned. I mean, whether you're going through the, the line to pick up a kid or drop off a kid at school, or whether you're standing in a, a, a fast food a, a restaurant, or, or you're waiting to be seated somewhere, it just seems like people are impatient. Now, with that erosion of patience, do you see a parallel, in erosion of proven character? Do you see character beginning to, to be, uh, suffer attrition and just erode in the lives of people? I mean, I, I, as I look at this, I see this, and I can think of to myself a, of a, a hundred reasons why we should build up our character, and, and you could create every seminar, and you could write every book on how to build character, or you could just see what builds character according to the scripture, and begin to impart that. And based on this passage of scripture, it's patience. Teaching someone how to behave will only increase their IQ, but rather opening up the door for proven character to be developed through patience will actually create that which we desire. The character that's needed in order for us to live our lives with integrity. I mentioned before all of these these things for the purpose of of seeing patience magnified, to be free from anxiety and annoyance and anger when things come our way, because things do come our way, and it's not hard for those things to provoke anxiety, to provoke anger, or to provoke annoyance. So, So now here's the question, what do I do when I find myself being anxious? What do I do when I find myself being annoyed? What do I do when I find myself getting angry? I want to give you a passage of scripture here because I think this is a question that's obviously been asked before. The psalmist is is addressing this issue. In Psalm 94, verse 19. In Psalm 94, verse 19, the psalmist says this. He says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. When, when when my thoughts turn dark, when they get anxious, when they get fearful, when they get annoyed, when they get angry, when those thoughts begin to multiply. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a, a visual guy. And when I read that passage of Scripture, I actually visualize like a, a pot of water boiling over, you know. It just kind of starts, and you can hear it, and then all of a sudden it just gets to where it's it's getting worse and worse, and then all of a sudden it's just out of control. That's really what I visualize when I read that, when when those thoughts begin to, to multiply within me. Where if I'm not careful, it'll be out of control. They'll take over. Your consolations delight my soul. Your word, what you have to say... About me and what you have to say about the situation is what's going to be relief to my soul, my mind, my thinking, my attitude, and then ultimately my actions. I want to give you a passage of scripture here that is one that I would lean on in a situation like that. And I want to offer it to you. I mentioned before we're going to find what God has to say about any situation. What God has to say about any situation. Isaiah 41, I want to look at verses 9 and 10. Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10, beginning in verse 9. This is what God has to say. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. And don't anxiously look around you, because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a pretty good thing to think about when anxious thoughts are beginning to multiply in your mind and in your heart. To be reminded of God's presence, how he feels about you, and how he feels about the situation. And I think it's really there that we find The opportunity for patience to be embraced, not just as an idea, but a lifestyle, to not be driven by what the world defines as urgent, but to stand upon what the word defines as necessary. It's absolutely necessary that we give opportunity for God to lead us as our father, for Jesus to guide us as our king. And for the Holy Spirit to be present and active as our helper. It can be hard to pause and be hard to wait. Because as those anxious thoughts begin to multiply, we feel the need to respond immediately. But when God moves on our behalf, though it may not be immediate, it is sudden. When He speaks and His counsel prevails... There is a change, a turn, a result. And as we walk in his sudden response, his sudden counsel, his sudden act on our behalf, we see his promised results in the things that we face and deal with. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray for us before we dismiss. I want to pray, I want to ask God to to do a work on our heart and in our mind for the purpose of patience prevailing, that we would, would wait, but wait with an expectation, an expectation that God makes good on his word, to provide that provision, to uphold with his hand, to provide that direction, to lead and to guide. And it's always easier said than done, or at least seemingly so, and and I don't think that there's a single person in the room that can't put to practice patience immediately, probably multiple times before the day's out today. But what if, as a believer, we were to take the situations that we would face and we would refuse to be held hostage by the urgent? Or we would, would be committed to stopping, pausing, in opening up the door for God's counsel before any reaction so that we can be equipped to respond in a godly way. Father, what do you want me to say? Father, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to say anything at all? Do you want me to do anything at all? Sometimes it's hardest to do nothing. But to open up the door for God's counsel is to really open up the door to be God's child. To open up the door for the counsel of Jesus Christ is, is to have Jesus be our King, our Shepherd, our, 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 the one that would lead and guide. To open up the door for the Holy Spirit to lead, based on the Scripture, is to be the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, as many shall be the sons of God. But the commitment is to stop doing it our way and to let patience have its work in us that leads to perfection, doing it God's way. And really, though we can memorize the scriptures and, and, and know where the verses are located and all of those things, what it comes down to is pausing and utilizing that pause to pursue God's will. It's really that simple. So I want to pray, and you're welcome to be in a state of receiving, a state of agreement, however you choose, but I want to trust and believe God for something great for all of us this morning. Father, we bless your name, and we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for the purpose of working in and through our lives. We desire to be a patient people. We desire to to pause and to wait for your counsel and your direction, that we would not uh, carry our, our own will into every trial or tribulation, but that we would carry your will into those things. And that we would see your will carried out with our words and our attitudes and our actions. Let us be given to pause and not be swept away by what seemingly is urgent. But let us be willing to stop, to breathe, and to wait to wait for your direction, to wait for your word. Let us receive your counsel and bring your counsel into existence through our words and our actions, and let it be that which would bring you honor and glory in everything that we would do. Let patience have its work in us, and let that work lead to perfection. Your will embraced, your will carried out, your will accomplished. Let patience rise in our hearts by your Spirit. Let it be pursued and walked in intentionally. We bless your name and we thank you. And we ask, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, as we open up the door for patience to prevail through our living, let your name be exalted. Let your ways be lived out. And let your kingdom be expanded in and through our lives for your glory. We rejoice and give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints declare...